go. All right, parents, welcome back to The Journey. I've got a good friend, uh, Austin Gentry. He's an author. He's only 30 years old, so don't, you know, I'm going to tell you a bunch of great stuff about him, but don't be too impressed because he's just a kid. Um, but he's, right. uh, he's an author. He's a, a minister. Um, is it kind of like a, a young singles minister? Is that what you do in Austin? That, that's right. Uh-huh. I, College I love, and young singles. Yeah. yeah. We actually met when he was in North Carolina. Um, uh, he came out with this incredible book. Uh, and the book uh, is what we want to actually talk about, but it's called 10 Things Every Christian Should Know for College. Okay. So um, just kind of thinking about that concept, uh, and we're going to have this uh, conversation with Austin. So Austin, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks so much. I, it is an honor to be on one of your three podcasts. I love Podcast it. I love genius, it. Dan. Just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. But now you're in Houston. So welcome to Texas. You're now officially a Texan. You've been here for three years. You're down in Houston. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and how has that transition gone in your life? It's been great. I, I feel super fortunate that anywhere that I relocated from North Carolina, because I always thought North Carolina was just the best state in the U.S. And and now I think uh, Texas has a run for its money. Yeah. Um, well, or it's North definitely Car up there. So I'm, North Carolina is a beautiful state. Uh, they've got great, they've got great, uh, you know, people. They've got great sports, right? For those mm -hmm. of you who are, you know, either Duke or Tar Heel fans for basketball, because that's kind of the season uh, we're in. Go Heels. There go you go. Heels. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic state. I've visited a few times and I've loved it every time I've been out there. So anyway, but we appreciate yeah. you being here. And I want to just kind of set up the idea. Um, 10 things. Right, every Christian should know um, before they go to college. Um, what 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 kind of precipitated the idea of you writing the book? Um, wh where did that where did that idea come from? Sure, yeah. So I I grew up at a Christian school, much like PCA. I went mm -hmm. there K through twelve. the The school was a ministry of the church that I was a part of, so I was on that campus six days a week, sometimes yep. seven days a week. Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> I spent more time I spent more time there than probably my own house. Um, but you know, I, I, I went there for, you know, zero to 18 years old. Um, that was my experience. And then I went away to a state school. I went to UNC Chapel Hill and I was a religious studies major. Uh, I did communications as well. My, my plan was to, to be a dentist. And I was thinking, oh, I like religion classes and communication classes. I'll do that as I don't take as many difficult biology classes, but the more and more that I got steeped into the religious studies classes, um, the more that I, I realized, man, even as a believer who grew up in the church and grew up in all these Christian, you know, environments and classes and youth group and all that, there, there were still certain things that I just wasn't ready for until I, you know, didn't know I was ready for it. And so I, I kind of got thrown into the classroom and heard objections I never heard of before and uh, had to even sort out things socially, ethically, relationally that like I just wasn't really briefed on. And so essentially when, when I got out of, of Carolina, of UNC, um, one day I wrote a blog post and I like to write blog posts and that's just kind of what I like to write. And um, not many people are always reading my posts and that's totally fine. But there was one post I had that just took off and it was like seven pointers for, you know, a, a Christian who's about to step onto campus for the first time. Sure. And uh, after I closed the lid of my laptop, I, you know, had dinner for the day. I opened up the lid of my laptop the next morning and I, the thing had just kind of taken off. I had notes from headmasters and um, teachers and parents. And I sent this blog to my kid and I, we forwarded this on to our listserv of graduates and yada, yada, yada. And I think it just had, had, had struck a chord on, on things that needed to be said, given the, the, the climate, the spiritual climate of most college campuses nowadays. Amen. And I thought maybe, maybe this should kind of become 
more of a, a resource that I, I hope can just like, like, what did I need to read before I stepped on campus? And so I wrote the book really for Austin as he was graduating and going to UNC uh, thinking, okay, th these are 10 things that I, I needed to know first before I got onto campus. And hopefully they're, they're a blessing to other kids as they do the same thing. So that, that's kind of the inception of the book. That's fantastic. Now, I don't want to give away the book because I'd like parents, uh, I'll put the, you know, the, the link to the book in the show notes and parents can actually go get that and they can read the book. Um, but if you had to summarize kind of, you know, the one main point of what you really want parents to know, um, you know, and, and we're not just talking about parents who are about to send their kids to college, but we're talking about parents uh, in general. So you've got, you know, a kindergartner, first grader, right, third grader. What do parents need to know and to do to prepare their kids best for the environment that the college world really is today? Yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, this sounds a little bit elementary, but um, I, I think that it's, it's simply having very intentional conversations with your kids about things that are probably uncomfortable to talk about, but they need right. to be said, you know, um, conversations about gender and sexuality, conversations about sex, conversations about, well, what are your boundaries, conversations about uh, things that happen in fraternity and sorority life, not saying that that's your kids shouldn't do that. I, I would advocate that if it's the right fit. Um, but, you know, I, I don't, I feel like most Christian kids, I think they feel like they can't come to their parents about certain things because it's going to, it's going to shock them or they're not, my parents aren't going to know what to say. And I think for parents, the most important thing that you can tell your kids is, Hey, nothing that you tell me or share with me will ever take me by surprise, will ever shock me. You know, the, the parents were in, you know, in the universities in the 80s and 90s, 70s, 80s and 90s. And I, even though the, the climate has changed spiritually on the, uh, the college campus, all the same stuff is there, right? All, all the right. same sins, vices, and, and it's it shouldn't be, uh, uh, anything should be, nothing should be taboo with your kid. Um, and, and just to have that freedom of conversation. And when you do that, you kind of take the, the mystical element out of said experience. And I think that's what, especially in the Christian school, um, kids, they now have all this access to marijuana and, and alcohol and immodest behavior. And it's, it's almost this like, man, this was like withheld from me my whole life. And now there's almost like this weird alert that, well, I got to experience this. And I got to try it out and just see what there's some kind of like um, draw that doesn't have to be there just take the mystical element out of it and talk freely about it. If, if anyone should talk to you about those things, it should be your parents and your, and your Christian school. So that's yeah. what I would, I would recommend. Yeah. Just I think be very uh, open about I, everything. Yeah. So as, as a school, right, we're obviously doing that. I think that's one of the reasons that, yeah. you know, parents want to put their kids here at PCA is because there isn't anything that we've taken off the table that we're not willing to talk about. We're willing to talk about all those different uh, issues that you just raised. That's great. But, yeah. but that same concept needs to be that, hey, these conversations need to be happening around the dinner table. Um, and they probably need to be happening at a much younger age um, than maybe a lot of our parents really kind of consider. So when, when do you start talking to your kids about uh, the idea of gender and sexuality, the idea, um, you know, of sex, right? And, you know, it's like, you know, we talked about, you know, the birds and the bees, you know, it's like, hey, listen, a lot of these conversations that you waited until um, kind of older middle school, um, really kids have access to these concepts at a much younger age, early middle school, even later, right? You know, kind of elementary school, lower school age, um, that you begin to have those conversations. And we talk about God's design versus man's desire. So you don't have to necessarily mm -hmm. use a lot of the words, maybe that the world is throwing at your kids, but you can definitely talk about it and give them these biblical principles um, and prepare them for these conversations as they're going. And it really needs to be something not, you know, as you mentioned, not a, a one-time conversation, but an ongoing conversation. 
Uh, and kids need to be Absolutely. willing to, yeah. to ask their parents questions like, hey, I heard this today or I saw this today or, you know, this is something that somebody said, you know, explain it to me, you know, and, and an ongoing conversation. I think that's one of the things that our parents um, need to you know be reminded of is the world already has a platform to educate and indoctrinate our kids. Um, they, they watch Disney. Mm-hmm. They're, they're watching these movies. They're paying attention to this particular music. Right. So they're already getting a particular worldview that's out there. Right. We need to make sure that they're getting a biblical worldview to counter that as well. Um, Any encouragement Mm -hmm. that you would uh, give to our parents as far as things that they need to be doing to prepare themselves for those conversations? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, and I'll I'll recommend another book that I think is a really helpful one. It's a book written by uh, Michael Kruger. It's a new one published about last year called Surviving Religion 101. Okay. It's it's a book that pretty, I think there's about 20 chapters and each chapter is its own object, uh, objection. And so any intellectual objection that you're going to hear on the college campus, he addresses. So the difference really between my book and his book is one, his book is a lot more intelligent than my book is, but he, he really aims to tackle all the intellectual objections that you're going to hear on the college campus. I don't try to do that in my book. Mine's more, I think, uh, practical approaches and, and how to navigate through doubt. His is, here's a specific question and objection that you're probably going to navigate, like slavery, like racism, like what does the Bible say about hell? Why is Jesus the only way to salvation? All these kind of like, like, how did we figure out what books of the Bible to put together? Is Was sure. it a power play? And so I, I think like as a, as a parent, one thing that I'd encourage parents to get briefed on is like, sometimes I think parents feel a little bit overwhelmed at a lot of the new objections that are coming out from the college campus that quite frankly, they didn't really have to deal with when they were there as believers. It was kind of assumed if you were a Christian. And so I, I think sometimes those intellectual conversations or objections to be briefed on those in advance can really equip the parents to navigating those and answering those questions that the kids are probably going to hear before they even get to campus. Yeah. Now, is your book written um, primarily to the student themselves or is it written kind of to the, the parent as well? Who, who would be the, the primary person that you want picking up your book? Yeah, I wrote it for the for the student. Um, okay. But what's what's interesting though is that I I do have a lot of parents that read it because they're just curious as to well, what's going on on the college campus these days and like how are how are kids struggling and they want to know they want to kind of get inside the head of their teenager, uh, their eighteen year old. And so I've actually had a lot of parents read the book and give feedback too, which is great, you know. But it's it's written it's designed for the Christian who's about to step foot on the college campus for the first time. So that 18 to 19 year old, who's trying to figure out, okay, what's my next step. Yeah, that's perfect. That's awesome. It is interesting. Um, uh, I just went and heard Jordan Peterson, um, kind of a cultural commentator and uh, he's mm-hmm. really, really um, against kind of the university now. And, and it's not specifically for the reasons that you're throwing out, um, you know, kind of the attack on your faith, but really right. the university right now is kind of attacking the whole idea um, of truth and um, you know, free speech, uh, the idea mm-hmm. that there, you know, there needs to be a diversity of ideas, right? Jordan Peterson's concept is, you know, the, the college campus is really the last place that there's any diversity at all anymore, right? Um, you know, and, and just kind of that idea. And so I think our, our parents need to kind of step back and think about that idea um, that, yeah, college has changed some, right? As you said, there's, there's a lot of the same things that were there uh, when, you know, when I was in college, a lot of those same, you know, temptations exist, a lot of the opportunities right. that you need to talk about. Um, but you know what, there's a, there's a real um, mindset on a college campus today um, that is really antithetical to Christianity, um, that is really opposed to ideas uh, that are seen as, you know, patriarchal, um, that are seen as, um, you know, authoritarian, 
Um, and so, you know, we need to make sure that we prepare our kids for that as well. And I think, you know, mm -hmm. just the, the ideas of the mind, uh, not just, you know, what your body's going to do, but, um, you know, when a, when a professor is going to present you with uh, things that are attacking your particular belief system, um, you know, for a lot of us, that wasn't very familiar when we were on a college campus. Um, there was, you know, there was obviously, you know, sex, drinking, different things like that. We had to make, you know, choices and we have to prepare our kids for that. Um, but I didn't feel like my Christianity was under attack when I was at a you know, state school in college. And I think that's another component that's even you know, been added to it. So what would you, mm -hmm. what would you say from that pers perspective for parents? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, could, I have personal examples of that when I was at Chapel Hill. Okay. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think or on, restate your question again. I want to make sure I'm answering. Well, I just, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. What, what would you tell uh, parents? Cause I think, you know, a lot of the things when, when we think about preparing our kids for college, right, we're preparing them to make um, good moral social decisions. Right. Mm -hmm. But we kind of forget the whole idea that their faith is actually going to be under attack on a college campus. What would you, what would you tell parents they need to do to prepare for that? Obviously the Kruger book is specifically uh, addressing that. Anything else that you'd want parents to know about? Yeah. Um, sometimes I think also that, you know, when it comes to the college campus, just just telling your, your kid to be aware of certain things. And this is what, what I dive into my book about, specifically in chapters one through three, is that, hey, there is an agenda that's being taught. There's a certain philosophy that's being taught. And you need to be aware that what you hear in the classroom is not the the end all be all period of, of the discussion. There's another side of said argument and they don't talk about it because well, really the classroom is their power play. The classroom is their empire and they rule it and they get to share with you whatever perspective that they think fits. And just to be aware of that, I think is helpful because I, I went into the classroom thinking this person has a PhD at the end of their name. Clearly what they're telling me is, is right. And then like when I was taking different religion classes, I realized even in the own department, professors weren't agreeing with each other in, in terms of what they were teaching. So just, just having the awareness and the familiarity of, okay, the academy and scholarship is not necessarily about right information. It's about relevant information that they're just kind of choosing to teach from and angle from. And, and knowing that upfront, I think kind of takes the, the, it puts the pin in the, the academic helium, for yeah. example, and kind of deflates the the overall effect it could have on people because uh, otherwise people feel like you know man my whole faith just fell apart immediately because this guy's clearly telling me truth and that's just not the case yeah that's that, that's a great point because i think if you think about it right your experience and an experience of a lot of our students here at pca um you know they've been sitting under um you know a pastor at a church right great teaching they've been going to a christian school so they've heard from very very um you know well-intentioned intelligent um, you know, kind of a discipleship process where they've heard about Christianity from that perspective. Um, mm -hmm. But there's not a lot of times when, you know, you're bringing in the other perspective. You're saying, hey, yeah. here's really smart people who disagree with us, and this is what they think. And I think that's a component that for the first time you're walking onto a college campus and you're hearing from uh, very intelligent people who are well-studied and they completely disagree with everything you believe and everything you stand for. Uh, and I think that's that's something that, you know, obviously as a school, we're trying to do to prepare, but it has to be done in the home as well. Like you've got to make sure that your kids understand you're, you're going to hear from different perspectives. Uh, and just because it sounds right, you know, I think in Proverbs, it always says, you know, the, the first person who speaks this case sounds great until the second person speaks. <laughs> so, right. so, yeah. and, you know, so you have to prepare your kids that you're going to hear things that are going to be different. Um, and you're going to have to weigh those and balance those. And I think we don't have to be afraid of that. 
Um, Absolutely because, not. You know, yeah. tr- truth, truth is going to win out in, in, you know, in the end. Um, but we shouldn't be overwhelmingly persuaded by something that sounds, you know, good and reasonable and true. And we haven't heard it mm-hmm. before. We should say, okay, that's, that's an interesting perspective. Let me, let me look into that more. You know, when you hear a question for the first time, you've never thought of that before. Don't be taken off, you know, guard. Okay. Okay. That, that's a great question. Let me look into right. that more and then go back and do some research and find out, you know, what is that person saying? And, and, you know, is that true? Is it right? Is it good? Does it hold up to, in a sense, uh, an examination, right, of, you know, what is the truth? And, and that's mm-hmm. the ultimate pursuit that we want our kids to go after. And here's what the university should do. It, what it should do is, in a classroom, share different perspectives about Absolutely. the topic. Yeah. And they don't do that. They don't and, do that. And, and they, yep. they're not, they're shameless about not even admitting that. And the university is about diversity of worldviews and perspectives and and you know, it's not yeah. a, uh, it's just very, very narrow. And they accuse Christians of being narrow-minded, but they're doing the exact same thing, if not worse, because they're not calling it that. that yeah, that's, that's, that's what's even so, frustrating. So, so, so true. So true. So well, let me ask you this um, recommendation for parents. Okay. Now you're, you're 30 and, and don't have kids yet. <laughs> no, not yet. But, but if you could recommend to parents, um, are you saying, Hey, parents, make sure that your kids don't go to a state school um, you know, send them to a private Christian school to continue to keep them from these ideas? Or are you saying um, it's okay to send your kid anywhere as long as they're prepared and equipped? What do you think? Oh, that's a great question. I think it changes per student. And I think it also changes based on your philosophy of uh, parent-child relationship. And are they out of the home at age 18? Or if you are paying for their education, you know, that I think you get a say as to where they go. But if okay. If, if they want to go somewhere and they want to pay for it, at, at that point, I think they're effectively saying, "I'm no longer under your roof, uh, under your roof." And so, um, I, I think there's a little bit of a dynamic there. But I think again, it also changes. I, I felt, in a sense, called to go to a state school. Okay. Um, I was I was planning originally to go to Wheaton or Liberty, uh, mm-hmm. a Christian school, um, and I, I just after prayer and consideration, I really felt like the state university was where I should go, and um, and I felt like, it, ironically, or not ironically, that that state university context is where I believe I grew the most in my faith. I think I wouldn't have grown as much or in the same way that if I went to a Wheaton or a Liberty, um, as opposed to the state university. So um, I think it changes um, per student, per per parent, per relationship between the parent and the child. I think it's just something that I don't think there's a better way, you know, if you will, Um I think it, it, there's a lot of factors involved in that. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great answer because it really is, it's true. I mean, I've got four kids, and each one of my kids is so very different from the other one. Um, and so, you know, being prayerful about um, God, where do you want um, you know our son or daughter to go? Um, how do you want to grow their faith? And, and maybe it is growing their faith. Um, you know, continuing that um, biblical worldview, right? Getting an education at a private, you know, Christian college as well, or maybe it's an experience, you know, that, that like you had, or that I had, or that one of my sons is having right now. And that is, you know, being on a state school uh, mm-hmm. and really getting, you know, a pushback on your faith and allowing your faith to grow. Um, because as it, as it pushes back, you're in a sense, you're getting more grounded in your faith because you're going back to the word of God and, and you're allowing, instead of that, you know, that challenge to your faith to push you over, you're allowing it to really grow your faith in, in the study of it, you know, and taking it seriously on your own. So I think it's a good answer. Um, parents, you know, we need to be prayerful about where God wants our kids to go, uh, what environment he wants to be in. Um, but ultimately, we need to prepare them for wherever he wants them to go, because there's always going to be 
um, temptations and challenges to, um, you know, to take them away from their faith, to distract them, to discourage them. All right, those are going to be present on any college campus. And I think mm-hmm. we need to prepare our kids for wherever God calls them. Anything else for our parents? Any last word of uh, encouragement or recommendations? Oh, man, I not not much other than, you know, clearly you parents care about your child because you're sending them to PCA. So you've already made a huge sacrifice, a huge investment in them. Um, I think my encouragement now is is just because they're not at PCA, that doesn't mean that the investment stops, right? Amen. Like yeah. keep, keep, keep pouring into them, keep investing into them. And, and it'll be in a different way as they go to college. Uh, but the, the investment will keep having compounding effects. So keep doing what you're doing. And uh, I know PCA is grateful to have you. And um, yeah, it's an honor to talk with you guys today. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you. Great being on.